Welcome back to Builder Funnel Radio and welcome to an exclusive Builder Funnel Radio original mini-series, Sales Mastery for Remodelers and Custom Builders with Brian Kaplan. In this mini-series, Brian is gonna show you how to massively improve your sales process and close more deals. We are going to go on a journey of awareness of the psychology behind selling and why this is a crucial aspect of closing the right deals. Many people talk about how they aren't naturally born salespeople. And the fact is, not many are. It's a learned skill. And in episode one, we'll start out by talking about the key ingredients that almost no one talks about. After that, we'll get into the nitty gritty details, the psychology of selling, talking to strangers, charging for your estimates and pre-construction, and how to build your confidence and close the right deals. By the time you finish this mini series, you'll have a very different perspective of how to motivate your prospects and how to control the sales process, even if you don't think of yourself as a natural-born salesperson. For those of you who don't know Brian, an early childhood fascination for all things Lego was the first sign that Brian Kaplan was born to build. His true passion for residential construction was realized when he and his wife bought their first house 20 years ago, one in dire need of repair. Brian is a Red Seal certified carpenter, a former home inspector, a certified passive house builder, and has worked on over $50 million plus worth of residential projects as a carpenter, site supervisor, project manager, and general manager in some of Toronto's most prestigious neighborhoods and prominent residential renovation firms. Brian has always recognized the value in finding the most efficient and repeatable path to complete any task. And in his years in residential construction, he was always at the forefront of companies when it came to integrating technology to leverage everyone's time. Fast forward to today, and Brian works as a business consultant for residential renovation and new build companies, helping them streamline their processes through standard operating procedures to allow them to do more in less time. His vast experience has given Brian the ability to always approach problems from a big picture perspective and help business owners succeed. More recently, Brian realized that the traditional method of sales was broken that far too often we are focused on the wrong things. It was this insight that drove him to further develop his own internal sales skills, recognizing that selling ability wasn't always about the right words, catchphrases, and fancy proposals. It went much deeper than those superficial elements of human interaction. These are now the principles he's bringing to Builder Funnel in this six-part series. In our six episodes together, Brian and I are going to lay out the foundational aspects of the relational selling process. The main mission and goal that Brian is on is to change the perspective of remodelers and builders like you from blue-collar help to professional business owners. And it all starts with how we capture someone's attention early in their process. Here's a hint. It's all about the positioning of this and the majority of the market isn't talking about this. Once we've captured someone's attention, we have to keep it. And fundamental to this point is understanding how they think. It's all about first impressions. Think about when you call your cell phone company to change your rate plan. Does their automated system ever set you off right away? Armed with this knowledge, we now need to walk people of all different mindsets, personality types through our process. Yes, you need a process. And part of that process is getting paid for all of your work. We hear over and over again that giving free estimates is just the cost of doing business. Here's another hint. It's a job cost. Now, knowledge is power, but it's all about the implementation. Ideas are great, but action is everything. All right, let's dive into the show. 
Hey guys, welcome back to Builder Funnel Radio. And I'm excited for today because this is episode one of a brand new mini series. And this one is Sales Mastery for Remodelers and Custom Builders. And I've got Brian Kaplan with me today. Brian, how's it going? I'm doing well, Spencer. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to be with, with each other here for a little bit, getting to know each other and diving into the world of sales. But before we get too deep in the weeds, why are we doing this? You know, we're going to go through, I think, six episodes of content here where we do a deep dive into sales and how people can level up their game there. Why are you so passionate about this? You know, it's a great question. And I think ultimately for me, it comes down to the fact that I never really considered myself, you know, we were just talking about this, a natural born salesperson, right? I don't think any of us that actually do sales really consider ourselves that. And I think the reality is is there aren't really that many people in the world that would classify themselves as a true born salesperson. And I think we all sort of struggle from a lot of different elements of this. One of the main things being kind of that confidence piece and I spent 21 years in the industry and a heavy part of that was in that sales cycle. And I started to uncover some of the deeper things going on behind the scenes. And I'm excited to kind of share what I've learned and some of the the sort of, I, I don't even want to say tactics so much, but really just the awareness of how people are really feeling when you're speaking to them and understanding how to change someone's emotional state and all of these kind of fun things that are a little bit higher level kind of conversation. I don't think that they're very common that people think about them, but I think they're so important in just understanding how do I get somebody from where they are to, you know, kind of that paying client, right? Which is, which is our goal here. So I wish that when I started in this industry, before there was YouTube and podcasts and everything that, you know, we all consume on a daily basis, I wish that there was something like this out there to kind of help me understand and make sense of it all. And, you know, I think from an overall perspective, some of the, the things that people will take away is just the understanding of, again, really what's going on behind the scenes in someone's mind. How do we actually move them forward in it? And really, my ultimate goal here is to give people a lot of confidence when you're sitting in those tough situations where some of these principles pop back into your mind, you start to see it happen in real time. You'll be like, oh, that's what he meant. That's kind of what that trigger is, et cetera, et cetera. So I think, you know, just sharing this content and knowledge with, you know, your audience and the industry in general is, is something that I hope is going to be very valuable. Yeah. And I like that you mentioned that confidence piece because, yeah, I mean, when I got into selling, you know, you just don't, you don't think about it when you're the business owner. You don't think, oh, I'm in a sales position or a sales role, even though that's such a big part of what you have to do to keep moving your business forward. And so, yeah, a lot of times it comes with a lack of confidence. I know I'd get on some of those sales calls in the early days and you're just going, I don't know, you know, you're making stuff up, you're just kind of rolling with it. And then you start reading some books, you're trying to figure it out. And, you know, some of it, you have to learn the hard way and you probably lose a lot of deals along the way. So hopefully we can prevent some lost deals for, for some of you guys listening. So as we dig into this, this first episode, you know, we want to talk about kind of setting the stage for a good sales process, a good sales experience. Where do we start? Great question. Um, I think it's, I think it's, you know, just like you said a moment ago, it's a, you know, you don't think of yourself as a salesperson and you're kind of like, okay, I'll read this book or someone told me what to do in this situation and all of that. And we kind of like, it's like a scrapbook. We like kind of scrapbook and put all these pieces together, but there's never really the process component of it. And the process is so important because when we talk about confidence, 
you know, if you actually have something that is a step-by-step sort of way that you go through and take, you know, a person from a complete stranger to a paying client, then you're going to gain a lot of confidence along the way. You know, where I really love to start, as you know, Spencer, we're big, you know, start with why kind of guys. And, you know, for me, it's really important that we, we start right at the beginning and we start to understand what is the key ingredient that, you know, I think a lot of businesses kind of miss. And I always say businesses, but what we really mean is brands, of course, right? We talk about <laughs> building brand, not building businesses. That's a whole other mini series on its own. So <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah. We, we won't go down that rabbit hole for now. <laughs> but, you know, the big thing is this, is that in, and there's a, you know, a great book by Donald Miller called Building a Story Brand. And, and really the concept there is about the position that we sort of see ourselves in when it relates to being in sales, so to speak you always want to be able to sell without actually selling. And that probably sounds super confusing, but what do I really mean by that is what we really want to do is we want a client or whomever we're selling to, to actually sell themselves on our brand, on our process, all of that. We want to put out those sort of indicators that people will attach themselves to. We want to be magnetic with our marketing, all this kind of stuff. But the big shift that I hope everyone can kind of start to understand and and really just kind of start to uh, digest and, and percolate on is, you know, it's not really about you. And we see this all the time. You go to anybody's website and they'll go on and on and on about their hundred plus years of combined experience about, you know, all of the millions of dollars of revenue they've generated, all of whatever outcomes that they've basically created for themselves. And if you really take this kind of story brand approach and you take the approach of understanding that it's really more about the client, that client that's interacting and first becoming aware of your brand and starting to interact with it and learn about you and all of that sort of thing. Yes, they want to learn about you, but they're more important, more, or more importantly, I should say, they are focused on themselves. They want to understand how does this brand make my life better? What is in it for me, right? We always talk about that. And, you know, ultimately that's really the starting point for all of this is just kind of this big shift in our overall perspective about that. And when you start to like internalize that, keep that at the forefront of your mind, every time you're in an interaction with somebody, you start to see different things. Yeah. Yeah. So Brian, we you started talking about brand and kind of, I guess what that means to the, the end prospect. This is a salesman series. You know, I can just hear the listeners going, wait, 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 hold on. <laughs> like, so maybe connect the dots for us here. You know, why are we starting the conversation with this and how does that connect to, okay, here I am sitting down with a prospect and now I need to, you know, sell. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, Spencer, not too long ago, I mean, basically at the time of this recording, only a few weeks ago, you and I hopped on a webinar and we talked all about, you know, kind of where does this whole process start? And really it starts back with the marketing, you know, and it Mm -hmm. starts back with that kind of awareness of your brand. And ultimately that's where a client is first going to sort of, you know, learn about you, interact with you and all that sort of thing. One of the things that we'll always talk about is, you know, you're not really building a business, you're building a brand. You think of the best brands out there in the world. Nike is the one I always use because it's just a great example of how they've built a very successful brand, considering that they are a commodity-based business. They sell basically apparel and shoes. And they, you know, for the longest time, of course, they started, they were just selling shoes. And what they really do though, is they've created this image of celebrating great athletics and great athletes. When you see a Nike commercial, there's a current one on right now that I see all the time. That's just fantastic. You know, where the, where the athletes are moving, you know, it's a split screen and they're kind of moving back and forth. 
And you finish watching that and you're just feel empowered. You feel like excited and all of that. And, and it's kind of that brand awareness. But, you know, obviously the people listening to this aren't commodity-based businesses, right? And that's part of what we're going to talk about in this whole mini-series is about getting out of that commodity-based mindset and getting out of that commodity-based position. So what does it mean really for a remodeler or a custom builder when we talk about brand? We talk about the idea of when a client, say, drives by one of your project sites, that there is brand affinity, right? What does that mean? It means that there's a recognition of common elements across different projects. So when they drive up, they see signage that's representative of your brand. You've got maybe windscreens on your site fencing, all those sorts of things, the cleanliness of the site, the way that it's set up, et cetera, et cetera. These are all little sort of like, almost like social cues that you can put out there, little breadcrumbs you can leave for people that they will scoop up. And the more and more that you see it, the more and more you have an affinity to that brand. Yeah, I think that's, that's great because those things all tee you up for that that sales process, you know, so when they actually get into that first conversation, you know, they're, they're connecting those dots with what they saw on the, you know, the signs, or if they've been on the website and they've seen some projects and then they talk to that first person on the phone and they're super professional and they're asking questions, like all those things are confirming for that person in their mind, like, Oh, okay, this is kind of what I expected. That was the impression I, I got. Is that kind of where you're going with this? Yeah, hundred percent. You know, as, as it, you are setting the stage, you're setting the stage for what this brand looks like. And then it parlays right into that sales process. And, you know, one of the, not to get too ahead of myself, but one of the most important things I always talk about is making sure that initial impression that we have creates the right conversation that then stays consistent throughout the entire life cycle of that client from marketing sales, production, and most importantly, the post-production, right? That ongoing lifelong relationship you establish with your clients. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I mean, you hear, hear a lot of that thrown out as, as buzzwords today, you know, customer experience is a, is a huge one, but really that's what that is. You know, it's, Hey, they, they start at this first impression in the in the marketing and then they move through sales and then they move through, you know, the actual, what you think of as customer experience in the project, but it's really the whole thing. And what you're trying to do is make sure everything's aligned, you know, through that entire journey. So I guess, how do you grab somebody's attention initially? You kind of talked about Nike a little bit and how, you know, you like the one commercial or they've kind of connected, you know, a commodity to thinking of Nike with high performance. Like, what does that look like? What's maybe an example in the remodeling space or the custom building space where you can maybe generate some of that excitement or emotion on the prospect side? I think a lot of people, you know, a lot of prospects out there, people that are looking to either remodel a house or build, you know, a brand new house, I think for them, they have a lot of drivers inside of them, right? And one of the biggest things is that, you know, we know that this industry has a bit of a reputation for things, you know, going over time and going over budget, right? And and these are the kind of the key things that we hear in some people's marketing campaigns. And I feel like when we talk about creating buzz, our buzz we, tr- we talk about trying to attach somebody to our brand, you know, those are the typical ways I think people will go about it. 
The method that I teach is really about understanding the keywords and the phrases that your prospects are using. And so this is where it kind of transcends a little bit into kind of that digital marketing space a little bit, because there's so many amazing tools now to actually learn what those are. But, you know, your client and your past clients are some of the most important marketing assets and sales assets really that you have simply because they are the exact mindset and person and the words and phrases that they use are going to likely resonate with that next prospect or group of prospects that you meet. And so, you know, I always get people to do, you know, kind of like a point of difference is like, I always ask people, what differentiates you from the next company? We always hear, we're like, we're on time, we're on budget. We do, you know, 20 years experience, 20 family years business. Experience. Yeah. yeah, yeah, total like, quality. Yeah, I've never heard these before, Brian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're very unique principles here. Yeah. Um, and ultimately, look, no one is doubting that that is who you are and that's what you provide your clients, but you're not differentiating yourself if you're simply saying the exact same things that everybody else is saying. And so, one of the exercises I get my clients to do is go back, make a client ledger list. If you don't have like a CRM, a client relations management platform where you're basically putting in your leads and then moving them through your sort of sales pipeline. If that's all foreign to you, start with like a simple Excel spreadsheet or Google Docs, whatever it is, and just make a list of all your past clients, right? Export them from wherever and start and go back to these clients and ask them like three simple questions, right? Just come up with three simple questions to ask them, what was the experience like? If you've renovated or, or built before, how is this different kind of thing? And what would you say to somebody that's on the fence of working with our brand kind of thing? Three simple questions. It doesn't really matter what you're asking, so to speak, because clients typically, if you let them, will continue to tell you all the things that they want to tell you about you <laughs> kind of thing. And so totally. um, you really just have to ask the question. It's such a great um, like, sort of leading way to do this because... I could come up with a marketing message. You could come up with a marketing message. But the truth is, is that the end user is the one that needs to relate to it. And so if we want to, you know, come up with like a hypothesis and then we want to iterate it, the best way to do that is to, you know, bounce it off people that that have worked with us that have the same mindset of the people that we want to attract to our business. Yeah. And if you're listening to this, you know, sometimes I, I feel like I listen to a lot of podcasts and audiobooks too. And sometimes you hear something and you go, oh yeah, I've heard that before. That seems like kind of a wishy-washy step. I would urge you to take this step because it's, I think Brian's almost underselling it. It's so powerful. A line stood out. Obviously we're in a different business, but I was talking to a guy and he said, hey, we, you know, we get a bunch of leads from HomeAdvisor, but the margins are anemic. And I'm going, that is a very specific phrase, you know, yeah. that I would imagine a lot of other people are, you know, that are maybe my customers are thinking about and runs through their head and that is going to resonate best with them. And so you're going to uncover these phrases and you, and yeah. you want to listen really closely because sometimes you can miss them, but you're, you just want to be listening for those pain points or the things that really made them happy. And they're going to say it a certain way, don't overlook the exact way they say it and getting that hyper-specific, but then that's the language you can use in your marketing. And then I know, Brian, you'll probably talk about it later, but those are phrases that you can drop into your sales process too. And those are just going to stick with somebody. Is that part of what you like to use this information for? 
For sure. Yeah. You know, you'll hear me say throughout this mini series, I use the term of breadcrumbs a lot. Right. And, and mm. it's just because you, you can kind of think of, I guess, in the digital world, it's like cookies all over the internet. Right. But, yeah. you know, staying with the bread products, you know, the breadcrumbs are really like these little cues that people give you. Right. They can be buying signals, which we'll, you know, we'll probably get into. But they can also just be these little breadcrumbs, like that word, ane- like margins are anemic, like that three words right there. And to your exact point and the exact exercise that I teach people is do not rewrite it. Do not paraphrase it. Take those exact words. Maybe you have to cut that out and put it into your sentence, but use those really specific words because ultimately you're not in the buyer's mindset, right? You're not buying your services. And so it's very hard sometimes for you to come up with what will actually resonate 100% with somebody. So yeah, and, and maybe I am underselling a little bit. It's, it's, a, <laughs> it's a step I force everybody to go through and it's painful a little bit because they, you know, it takes time. And I think the the challenge I would give everybody listening to this is that this is one of those kind of systems that you should put in place or processes you should put in place as part of your closeout, right? Because when you do that, first of all, you're catching somebody at, you know, a good emotional place when you're talking about a prospect, hopefully, you know, they are in a good spot and uh, we've managed that, you know, those buzzwords, those client experience throughout the whole process. But that's really a great time to capture that information from somebody. And, you know, again, putting it into this regular process in terms of your closeout is a great way for you to continually start iterating, you know, your next sales call and your marketing process kind of, you know, as we know, there's never really a start and an end with any of this, right? It's all cyclical, right? And it's all about, you know, learning from the market and then basically implanting and iterating that into the beginning of that sort of cycle. Yeah, that's really good advice. And I would throw in there too, if you have somebody taking phone pre-qualification calls, like if that person can be listening, they might pick some negative things up on a past experience that they had with somebody else. And those those are going to be powerful too. So Brian, you talk, I know you talk a lot about kind of getting out of your own way, I guess, of succeeding. What does that mean? Yeah. And, you know, we've, we've hit on a few of these points already and we've talked about how it's a bit of a scrapbook sometimes with our sales process. And really in general, if we just go big picture for a second for a lot of the remodelers and custom builders listening to this, you know, we know you're all busy and we know that you're just running around kind of sometimes like headless chickens. And part of getting out of the way of our own success doesn't just, it's not just in the sales side, right? It's also extends for your whole business is that, you know, it's, Things like delegation, things like putting a system and then processes inside that system in place are really, really key. When we talk about the sales process, getting out of our way is really, you know, something we'll talk about is like that mental trash component, right? And I think as people that are selling, so as opposed to me saying salespeople, (laughs) people that are selling... Sometimes we make up stories in our own head, right? This is a great example of it, right? You don't hear back from a prospect. You think that they're ghosting. You think that they are speaking to your competitor in your town, whatever it is. And really at the end of the day, they might just actually be busy or their uncle might've passed away. Like I I literally had, you know, I have a virtual assistant that I use and, you know, I hadn't heard from him in a week and I kind of pinged him and he was like, oh, I'm really sorry. My uncle passed away kind of thing. And meanwhile, you're making up all these stories in your head. And so that's kind of what I mean by getting out of the way of your own success. Another component I would add in there is that, you know, you know, Spencer, you and I are both avid readers and really work hard on professional development and all of that sort of thing. And 
I would challenge everyone to say that, you know, to become really great at sales, to become natural at it, you really have to push yourself towards that, right? You have to be able to like be open-minded and willing to kind of improve and work on yourself because without that, it's, you're basically just going through the motions and you're not really internalizing and changing your own belief system and, and all of that. And as we know, whatever, you know, your belief system is, is really what you'll telegraph through to a client. If you don't really believe in your product, you're going to have a really tough time selling it. And we see this, especially when we talk about not estimating for free, right? Charging for your estimates. A lot of people that haven't done it yet really don't believe it yet. And it's really hard for them when they first start. So that's a great example of like what I mean by getting out of the way of your own success. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And I'm glad you mentioned the, you know, professional development or personal development. I think a lot of people that listen to this, they're already kind of of that, that same mindset just because they're here, they're listening, you know? So it made me think of kind of some of those earlier years when I was kind of figuring out that sales piece too. I mean, I would say I'm still figuring it out. You go through this process where you kind of recognize like, oh, this is actually one of those key skills I need to build for my business. And then you start practicing and you do role plays and you hire coaches and you, you know, start reading about the topic and you do all these things. And those things just really start to accelerate that path. But I think the first kind of back to what you were saying, the first thing is just recognizing that you're in that, you really are in that sales role and you are a salesperson, even if you're the owner or you're, I mean, it's typically the owner, you know? And so anyway, I I just, that vividly shot me back to this moment in time. I can picture myself sitting there with my brother and we were role playing, you know, and these, you know, and it just feels awkward and weird and, you know, but those are the, (laughs) you know, those are the things that start to make a difference over time. For sure. And and the truth is, is that for some of you listening, you know, you may be a company of one, right? You may not have anybody to role play with and maybe you go home and, you know, you don't really feel like uh, doing it with your spouse or a buddy or whomever, right? And you may not have the opportunity to do that. So your role play is really going to be the prospects that you meet. And, you know, what I would basically say to you is that you have to basically put yourself into these tough situations. It's where the most most growth happens. Like professional development sounds like a buzz term and, and all of that. But the truth is, is that it's really about using the mirror. It's really about just, you know, really recognizing who you are, how you communicate, all of these little things. And it's that awareness that helps you accelerate really professionally in general. And, and ultimately, it's really a personal transformation. So you might be somewhere along this sales journey right now in terms of feeling somewhat confident in your process. Maybe you have parts of the process put together. Maybe you're a good talker and you feel like you, you naturally connect with people. So there might be components of what we talk about throughout this mini series that you're like, yeah, I feel like I have this. I feel like I have this, et cetera, et cetera. Ultimately, as I said, it's cyclical. It never really ends. It's all about kind of exploring all different aspects of it, but you know, being open-minded to that professional development and understanding that where I am right now is not where I'm going to be a year from now, right? We're always sort of changing. And so what can I do to kind of not speed that up, but essentially do more this year, you know, between, between now and next year. <laughs> kind yeah. Of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Brian, we're going to be digging into more and more in each episode, I guess, you know, as people are, you know, wrapping this, this conversation up, what are a couple of like key points that you want people to take away from this one as we go into episode two? 
For sure. And again, you know, right, like I mentioned at the top, the goal of this mini series is that you're going to be in those stressful situations where you feel your face getting flush, you know, you start sweating a little bit and you're sitting there and maybe there's like the moment where eye contact stops happening kind of thing, because you're just, you're feeling that pressure. And the goal really of this mini series is to give you you know, some of these tactile sort of almost psychological things that you can just kind of focus on while you're in these difficult meetings. I've been in plenty of difficult meetings in the sales process in my lifetime in construction. And I know that there's definitely lots of times where I didn't necessarily have, you know, the right words, the right phrase, maybe didn't come out sounding as confident as I wanted it to be. But ultimately, I kept sort of persevering through it. And some of it was, you know, helped me develop that awareness of a lot of different things that are actually happening when you're sitting there. And so, you know, again, the big thing I would tell people is that you really need to kind of shift your perspective. You know, there's that old adage that the you know best salespeople in the world will listen 80% and talk 20%. And I that can't be understated here. I mean, ultimately, when we talk about story branding, we talk about shifting that positional sort of relationship. We want a client to keep talking. That is like really your goal here, right? Is open them up, let them keep talking and keep talking, keep talking. Here's a little top tip. People will say the truest thing at the end of their entire rant. So you let them exhaust themselves, be patient, be quiet, you know, kind of present well and let them just keep pulling it out, pulling it out, pulling it out and let them keep rambling on. So make it about them, not about yourself. Your role in all of this is really like kind of setting the stage and guiding them through it, right? You're guiding them through this whole process. Yes, you're building the house for them. Yes, you're remodeling the project for them. But ultimately, you are there to kind of manage their own emotional journey through all of this. We do, you know, grab people's attention by using those words, right? Again, we're positioning it about them. So it's not about us. Use the words, phrases, catchphrases that you might hear other people using. Again, little top tip in your, in your closeout process, ask people three simple questions about your process. What was different is really the key that you're trying to get to there. And you're trying to basically pull out any of these little you know, words and catchphrases that you can use to actually put into your sales process and your marketing process. You know, and then we talked about getting out of the way of your own success. This is the big one, right? So it's, it's all about, again, if you're here and you're listening to Builder Funnel Radio, then you're already obviously in this camp, which is fantastic. If you stick with us for the next five episodes, you're going to, you know, hear a lot of stuff that I hope really changes those moments when you're sitting in those high pressure rooms. And really when you go to even mentor, like right now you might be the business owner listening to this, doing all the sales, but maybe you have other people that are in your business as well that are working as salespeople too. And being able to help mentor them and coach them a bit too would be, you know, it's a highlight for me when I hear that community and mentorship is happening and it's being passed down. I think that's always so exciting. One of the biggest things, of course, is we talk about practice. Practice makes perfect, right? And I actually heard a really great line the other day and I'm struggling to remember it, but I'll, I'll try to remember it for the next one. But it's about practice. It's actually not about practice. It's about something else. But the point being that- Is it that, you, uh, that Alan Iverson thing, practice? What are you talking about? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> no, but that's a, that's a great one. I, I was thinking we could do that for when we get to that topic in the mini series, I was going to do that, but I wasn't sure how many people would get that. So yeah, yeah. well, we'll see. We, we might do it anyway. So <laughs> maybe we can just cut it in. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, practice, practice, practice. It's it's really what it comes down to. And another little sort of top thing I tell people is do as much recording of your sales process as possible. And people might be like, what does that mean? Well, we are, you know, in 
2020 and we have had a pandemic still in it very much. And Zoom has become a big thing. Virtual selling has become obviously a very big thing. And, you know, Spencer, you and I recorded a podcast earlier this year talking all about that as well. And one of the big things that I mentioned when we talk about practice and that bridges into that professional development is rewatching those, ep- those <laughs> say episodes, yeah. um, those uh, <laughs> sales those episodes, <laughs> yeah, those sales episodes, rewatch them. I mean, the first couple of times you do it, it's horrifying. I, I, I assure you, it's going to be absolutely horrifying, but eventually you start to get better. Right. And the acceleration of, you know, the kind of that, that curve, you know, becomes exponential because you just start to understand you know, how you think you project and how you actually project are very different things. And so it's important to understand and and just even simply look at it from the perspective of, did I talk 80% of the time or did I let the client speak 80% of the time? How did I guide them through this? You know, really be not critical about yourself, but be critical about some of these top things that we're talking about that we know are, you know, sort of the old adages of the world, these are things that work really well in sales. And so that's just one example. If you're doing phone calls, you can also record phone calls as well and basically listen back to those. And what's really cool is you can get like a wavelength. I posted in my social a little while ago about this. You get like a wavelength recording. You can see it visually and you can actually see the two wavelengths. So your prospect and you, and you can visually just see right there without having to do any math or anything like that like how much time you spent and how much time they spent. So you see a little excerpt from you, which should be the question. And hopefully you see a very long response from the client. That's the goal here. So um, yeah, and you could probably see a little bit of energy too, you know, how, yes. how high yeah, those yeah, are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So you try to go, you know, that starts to get really analytical, but which I love, I mean, the data will always tell you that, but yeah, well, it's just one, really. One thing it made me think of, Brian, it's, you know, it looks very different, but it's the exact same thing that professional yeah. athletes do, you know, and 100%. I played football in college and every Monday was film day and you'd go yeah. in and you'd want, oh, you messed up here. Oh, you messed up. Oh, you ran the wrong yeah. route. You know, you're exactly. supposed to, oh, I wonder why the ball went sailing off that way. And so, you know, it looks very different when you're recording a sales call and you're watching that, but it's the exact same thing. It's, this is your profession. You know, you're trying to get better. And one of the best ways to do that is to watch past performance, make notes, and then you adjust going into the next week, which in this case is the next sales call. And so I love that you recommend that, you know, because it is painful. And, you know, that's (laughs) what a lot of role playing does. If you can't, you know, record or have somebody sit in on a sales call and just say, hey, they're they're coming along here, you know, and you can give them some, you know, role or whatever their job is, but they're just going to be sitting there taking notes and they're just taking notes on you. So there's more than one way to to get that done. Totally. And I think one of the challenges is, you know, one of the nice things about Zoom or recording your phone call is that you get to actually get it like firsthand. And I think there's a lot of value in the role playing and all of that. But one of the greatest things about you know, one of the, I guess, silver linings for me of technology, because there's obviously a lot of great things and a lot of bad things, but is the fact that you can now, if you are a single owner operator or, you know, builder out there, you can do this on your own, right? You can record this and you can reflect on this. And, you know, either way you do it, the role play or the, you know, the recording and kind of rewatching it, you get the same type of, you know, granular value out of it. And it really does help with that entire confidence piece. Because I think a lot of people listening to this, you know, again, we keep talking about it. You don't probably think of yourselves as natural born salespeople. You think of like quaffed haircuts and smooth catchphrases and, 
you know, sliding a contract over and, and that monogram pen that goes down. I mean, we yeah, think of the Don Draper's into of the their world. hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. And, uh, you know, we think of all of that. And the truth is, is that there's not really a lot of that that happens is, is the, you know, I guess the secret or dirty little secret I'd share with everybody is that, you know, a lot of it is kind of messy. Life's messy. So, you know, ultimately it's just about again, committing to kind of making those improvements on yourself. And it really starts with you. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, Brian and I are going to be diving into this uh, more and more through the sales process. And uh, I think what you'll learn through through this mini series is that Brian knows his stuff and there's always something else we can learn. I feel like every time I talk to Brian, I'm learning something new that I can implement. <laughs> so hopefully you guys will feel the same. Thanks for tuning in for the first episode and we look forward to seeing you guys back here for episode two. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed episode one and we're just getting started, but there were some great takeaways here. Remember, nobody cares about you. They care about themselves. So think about how you grab someone's attention and hold it throughout the entire sales process. We'll see you guys back here for episode two, where we'll dig into what your prospective client is really thinking about. As always, thanks for listening. Make sure to follow Builder Funnel and constructionconsulting.co on Instagram, and we'll see you guys next time.